Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey folks, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Scottish History Podcast. This episode is actually part two of the two-part collaboration that I did with Thistle Do Nicely. Um, So if you've heard part one but not yet heard part two, here it is for you. However, if of course you've already heard part two, here it is for you to listen to again, just in case you want to. So here we go, Thistle Do Nicely and the Scottish History Podcast talking all about Halloween. Welcome to the Scottish Podcast by Scottish People about Scottish things. We're three lifelong friends and displaced Scotsmen who get together to talk about our homeland, the weird stuff that happens there, and to remind us why we are the way we are. Welcome to This'll Do Nicely. Hello everybody and welcome to today's story with Rory. Uh, We're doing spooky stories today. We are collaborating with the Scottish History Podcast. We have... Owen Innes with us today. Say hello, Owen. Hello. Hello. Uh, We also have Johnny, as always. Hello. And Chris. Hello. Hello. Okay, everybody. (laughs) If you have not listened to the first half of this episode, because we're doing a split episode across two streams. Yeah, we're that funky. We're that new. We're that cool. Uh, So go back and find the first half of this episode and Owen's Scottish History podcast stream. Listen to that and then come back to this one because we're doing a split episode where we're talking about Halloween, how the Scots invented it, and we're telling some spooky Scottish stories. Uh, We're doing scary monsters. We're doing ghost stories. We're doing the like. Um, So stop whatever you're doing. Put it down. Stop the car. Like, just... Don't even pull over, just like <laughs> slam on the brakes right now, find Scottish History Podcast and start downloading. Yeah, delete um, this gonna... episode. Delete this episode right <laughs> now. Don't, no, because you'll spoil it. You'll spoil no. it for yourselves. Go don't, back to you, Owen's no. episode. Hey. And then come back and, and re-download this episode. And <laughs> Chris, also, Chris, we, also need the, we need them. Also download, <laughs> no, the Iron, also download the Iron Brew episode as well and, and any others that you like. And then find a friend's phone and download all episodes onto their phone. And also subscribe. Find your parents' phones uh, <laughs> and subscribe to our podcast on their phones as well. Otherwise, you won't understand what the rest of this episode means. It only only listen to this particular podcast if you're the type of person who always re- reads the last page of a book before you read the rest of the book. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that entirely made sense, but yes. What Owen just said. Also, (laughs) I hope it makes sense because if not, then I I just I just need to leave. There's a little five star (laughs) button that unlocks this episode, so if you just hit that button first, you should be able to listen to it afterwards. Yes, (laughs) let's do that. Plus, this is for all our readers as well, isn't it? Yes, all the readers out there, all the readers. Yes. Okay, so once you've done all of that, once you've followed our airtight instructions, um you are ready to listen to this episode where we're going to tell you three spooky Scottish Halloween stories. Um, We're going to start with the very scary, the very disturbing Johnny Naismith. (laughs) I get that a lot. I get that more than I'd like. Um, Can I just say that the spooky thing here is that Johnny's actually done preparation for a change. Yeah, that's just terrifying. <laughs> like it's got to happen once, once a year, and this seemed like the perfect moment. Um, I was, I was kind of freaked out by Rory's story. If you hear it in the last episode, so I'm trying to bring a, bring a bit of decorum back to to here, and and in honour of Owen and the Scottish History Podcast, I've got a little bit of mystery and a little bit of history. Ooh, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. See, I, that's the research I did. I just wrote a line. <laughs> <laughs> See when you do it, you're good. This is the annoying thing. He's just going to start talking about Tonic's tea cakes again, and it's, it's going to be. You guys are going to be bamboozled by, but I I had to listen to the bloody thing. 
We got on really well on that episode, it's fine. Yeah, well, I heard that episode about Local Hero, and now I don't know where I stand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all back, which is great, and we're now four people with this episode, which is very exciting. So, my story, I'd like to take you to Glasgow, so obviously a place very dear to my heart, where I'm from, um, and a place in the East End called the Necropolis, which is a Victorian cemetery right by the Glasgow Cathedral. Um, opened in 1833, there's something like 50,000 people buried there. And, and if you've ever visited, or if you haven't visited, it's in itself the location is as spooky as it gets. It's sort of this, built around this kind of hill um, in the East End of Glasgow. And it's got these pathways that sort of maze their way up the hill and it's surrounded by quite creepy um gravestones it's got these sort of looming um tombs that are all like lit by the darkness when you go there and there's a lot of rumors about you know the statues there their eyes are you know they follow you around of their own accord the sort of disembodied voices and whispers you hear amidst all the uh, the gravestones um and actually even the new batman film i think was shot there the one with robert pattinson so it's uh it's got the like the brooding and intimidating credentials. So the perfect scene for like a dark story. And um, actually, I read this great quote where I was reading a bit about the necropolis. It's sort of this very architecturally interesting place. And Billy Conley said, Glasgow's a bit like Nashville. It doesn't care much for the living, but it really looks after the dead. (laughs) 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 Which I really liked. And um, it's at this point in the story when I was doing my bit of research that I realized that um, this is not the necropolis in the story that I'm about to tell you. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was that was a slight bummer, but um, wait. So it's just another necropolis. Yes, but not very far away. So in Glasgow, there's okay. another one slightly further south called the Southern Necropolis. So we're not leaving too far. But I thought it was funny because I was like, "Oh, this place is perfect. I've been there. I know about it." And then I started reading. I was like, "Oh, it's a different one. Never mind." Glasgow <laughs> has many necropolis. Yeah, well, two at least. I think. I don't think necropolis. There's many more. Ne- necropol necropolises. Yeah, necropolis. <laughs> Skeletal. Skeletal, yeah. I'm going to have to listen to the first episode to get that joke. Skeletor and He-Man. He-Man. So we we pick up the tale in the south side. Uh, So just south of the river, um, there's an area called the the Gorbals in the south of Glasgow. Um, And it's here where the story sort of starts to revolve around. So there's a rumour going around the Gorbals, um, and this is back in the 50s, really, that it started to gather a lot of attraction about the Gorbals vampire, which was a sort of mm. child-eating monster that, you know, roamed the streets of the South Side. It was seven feet tall. It was monstrous and had blood-red eyes. It had a mouth full of razor-sharp teeth made of iron. Um, and so of all the local schools, and, you know, at the time, there was, you know, people in, in very close-knit communities in the tenements in the south side of Glasgow. And there was all these rumours about this seven-foot-tall monster chasing children through the streets, you know, taking them back to its lair and eating them with its with its iron teeth. Um, and as you can imagine, in Glasgow, where, where gossip moves fast, this travelled the schools, the the playgrounds, the, the homes of people there. Um and got to a particular, this is where I think it turns into a bit of history, but it, it built to this interesting climax where the story started to circulate that two local boys had been killed and eaten by the vampire. Um, and obviously, as as kids do... Like fully eaten? Eaten, alive. Um, Good gravy. So they were taken back to its lair, which was apparently in the, the southern necropolis, necropolis um, and eaten. And so, I mean, I think at the same time, there wasn't really any reports of any missing children. So it, go, it sort of plays yeah. into a lot of rumour mill of uh, of Scottish folk when they're young, you know, meeting in the streets, playing football, hanging around graveyards and, and these things tend to spread. You haven't seen quickly. Jimmy in a week, so he's obviously been eaten by a vampire. <laughs> exactly. It's the obvious <laughs> conclusion you get to pretty yeah. fast. Um, and so very quickly plans were made in, in the playgrounds of local schools to the point at which on this particular dark night in September in 1954 in, in Glasgow, Scotland, basically an army of school children, uh, like between about five and 12, stormed the necropolis, like stormed the graveyards. This is amazing. In, in a hunt for the vampire, which I just think is absolutely a brilliant story. So there's these load of kids armed with, you know, sticks and pen knives and their dog and whatever else they can find. <laughs> you just described the little rascals, Johnny. Yeah, exactly. And, this um, is this is like it. This is Stephen King's it. I just think it's so brilliant. But like, better. Yeah. And with, with like 
just the amazing attitude of Gorbo's Ouija's. children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I literally think there's just hundreds of kids. And so, I mean, there was a quote I read of this guy going like, oh, I think that the whole of the Gorbo's was in that graveyard that night. <laughs> so just, I love the picture of them being lit. You know, there was like a local uh, steelworks nearby. And I think, you know, the, the smoke and the light from there was sort of lighting the graves and, you know, shadows were darting. So every, every time anyone saw anything, you know, it was like, the vampire's here. And just this, this horde of like, Hundreds of tiny children chasing a vampire through a through a cemetery. I think so. Did he, did he kill the vampire? Did he get him? No, he got away. So this happened oh, for shit. three consecutive nights, and it took. So the police showed up the first night and couldn't shift them. And it took the two things that can defeat a Scots. Well, maybe not is rain and a head teacher to like clear the <laughs> <laughs> clear the cemetery, which I thought was just brilliant. And so they left after these three, this became a kind of hysterical moment in the South Side. Um, and they left without having found or captured said vampire of the Gorbals. So perhaps they're still roaming out there. Perhaps they're still eating children. I mean, who knows, really? Um, and I, well, this was, this was only, I'm, I'm currently reading a book about Bible John. So maybe there's a connection there. Yeah. You know, it was only a few years before. When Bible John started Just praying on the internet. Taking on a new persona and, you know, reinventing himself. Mm. Interesting. I'd like to give I'd like to commend you, Johnny, for having a more wholesome uh story there compared to Rory's uh porn, basically, from the earlier episode. <laughs> if I've learned anything from you, Chris, this is a no nonsense podcast. And I just think We're it's no time to bring podcast. it back down there. <laughs> yeah. Enough and he was and, talking about children being eaten. Yeah, but they did it in a wholesome way. They all banded together. Yeah, so it's a good, it's a feel good story. Yeah, he basically watched the Lost Boys and then set it, reset it in Glasgow, <laughs> and then passed it off as his own story. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I picked up on it being oh, a, is... just a wholesome child story, Thanks, Chris. like uh, Stranger Things or um, you know The Sandlot or Hook. <laughs> I mean, it has been turned into a play at the Citizen Theatre, so uh, it's it's got something about it. Yeah, and Rory Yours was turned into a documentary on Babe Station. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, so just to round out the end of this, the, it actually became like quite a big story, and there was new. It, it made it into like the Sunday Mirror, the Daily Mail, the Daily Records, all ran stories about this hysteria in Glasgow about the vampire. Um, and actually, that caused obviously a bit of an uproar, and people started to investigate. You know, what's like is there's this sort of worry about the kind of moral welfare of our children? Like, why are they chasing vampires around the streets and like building armies to chase them into a cemetery? Um, and after a bit of investigation, it turned out that there was basically an American comic book at the time that was being imported into the UK uh, called Dark Mysteries, um, and there was a story in one of those comics called The Vampire with the Iron Teeth. And so they were like, well, actually, this this filth from America has been brought in and corrupting our children. It's leading them astray and causing them to be doing all sorts of stuff. And actually led to a campaign where they, they created an act in Parliament called the Children and Young Persons Harmful, Publication, Harmful Publications Act uh, that sort of prevented certain like things that were portraying violence or crimes or incidents that are repulsive in different ways that it became a sort of criminal act in the end. Um, wow. And That's so nonsense. it's just the kind of, I thought it was really, I mean, it's not so much a ghost story, but I just thought, one, it's so interesting that it's set in this very quite spooky bit of Glasgow anyway, but also just the idea that a lo- it says a lot about the Scottish spirit, right? That, you know, you hear about this child killing vampire and they're like, oh, we're not having that around here. And they're sort of banded <laughs> together. So we're going to send uh, our kids to go and fight it. Yeah. I just, it's like, oh no, you can't, you can't have that here, mate. No. Sort that out. Fucking glass, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's sort of so brazen. I love it. Um, if Joe Cornish doesn't end up directing the film version of this, then yeah. you know, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. That's an amazing story. That's yeah. that's a genuinely bro. I'd like, I'd, I had no idea any of that. that that's very, yeah. Very do you cool. know, I'd, I'd never heard it. I I studied at the art school in Glasgow and we once did a like a, a drawing and thing where we had to go to the necropolis and draw and i remember us all being a bit like man this is quite a spooky place but i'd never mm. i'd never heard this story about it and i just thought well you were at the brilliant. wrong necropolis weren't you you were at the <laughs> yeah i was at the wrong one yeah <laughs> my mistake ne- necropoli 
Um, Johnny, that was phenomenal. I, I genuinely, genuinely enjoyed that. That was I, I kind of got lost in that for a wee bit. That was that was a lot of fun. There you go, Owen. You're up. You wanna you wanna take the seat. Tell us uh, tell us something else spooky about Scotland. Uh, yeah, I, I well, this is a story as well in a way that was requested way back when I first started the podcast as well. I'd never heard of the story up until that point. So remind because you're you're on now our feed. So remind the mm. listeners what podcast is that? Uh, that's the Scottish History Podcast, available on all good podcasting uh, websites. We, we even have our own website, ScottHistoryPod.com, <laughs> because uh, you know um, money. <laughs> I, hear, I hear that internet thing's a big deal these days oh man the, the internet is like do you know it was so amazing uh, there was there was genuinely once uh, I was talking to somebody I'm not going to name what country they're, they were from but it's, um, it's somewhere quite close to where you are and uh, they did genuinely once ask me do, do you have the internet there when we were talking via the internet I've <laughs> I've had a, a very, very similar experience myself in an AOL chat room once. Yeah, back when I was living yeah. in Scotland, it was disappointing to it's say like, the least. Do, do you do you even know what television is? It's like, yeah, we invented it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can say that about literally everything. Near enough. Near enough. Um, the only thing that I think the Scots haven't invented, which I'm really disappointed we didn't, was Twinkies. <laughs> Yeah, seems a missed opportunity there because it seems very us. It does. I don't know. Give me, give me like thirty minutes on Google. I could create a link. Oh, that's. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about Scotland as well and Scottish people is the fact that we could literally link almost yeah, yeah. anything into being um, oh, yeah. Scottish. You know, we invented it. All right, so it was a it was something that was uh, requested on your, yes, your podcast. Yes, and it's the story of Sonny Bean. So, mm. Sonny Bean was born in East Lothian, which is on the east coast of Scotland in probably the late 1500s. There's a bit of um, controversy about when he was born. Uh, so, Sonny Bean's father was a ditch digger and a hedge trimmer, but Sonny wasn't cut out for this kind of work. One day he meets and falls in love with Black Agnes Douglas, a woman widely believed to be a witch. The pair are then forced to move from the east of the country and finally settled in a sea cave on the west country at Benan Head in Ayrshire. Now, I hope I pronounced that right. It's either Benan or Benin. Rory, was there a was there a massacre there that uh, on either side that you would like to get each family wrong? Yeah, or? I would get it wrong. Yeah, um, probably. Like, don't worry. Like, we're 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 very loose with the pronunciations <laughs> and, and facts. You know, accuracy, yeah. liberal. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's all good. Uh, so they made their lives as such, uh, living in the cave through robbing passing travelers. Things then tur- turned to murdering these travelers, also, and then eating their flesh. Oy. So they. Yeah, they became cannibals. That escalated fast, that's, didn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. a real quick escalation <laughs> yeah. to like robbing. I mean, if you're going to steal their stuff, why do you then need to eat them? I think I think, were, the money I think their whole food. plan was that they would rob these people, but they didn't want to. They didn't fit into the town because obviously uh, Black Agnes was was like considered to be a witch. So if anybody was to see her or catch her or whatever, then you know, bad things would happen, so... Uh, I mean, that's just... That sounds like an excuse to me. I, I feel you could... There's a workaround before you have to start eating people, but... Okay. Okay. Uh, so the, the, cave, the cave that they lived in was blocked at high tide by the sea, so Sonny and Agnes managed to lay undiscovered for over 25 years. During this time, however, body parts and bones regularly washed up on the beaches surrounding their cave... However, no one could give a reasonable explanation as to what happened, apart from perhaps some form of animal was uh, preying on these travelling travellers. Hmm. Uh, so their work and diet certainly kept them happy enough to live where they did, and soon they started having children. In all, they had eight sons and six daughters, 
who then in turn incestually produced 18 grandsons and 14 granddaughters. Jeez. This this is this is not going to get like us billing on uh, visitscotland.com. <laughs> Most definitely not. Most definitely not. Yeah, this but the, I mean, uh, Fritzel's got Fritzel's got a great podcast. It's uh, <laughs> Fritzel do nicely. Fritzel do nicely. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> It's a spooky podcast. It's fine. It's Halloween. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, as a family, uh, the Sonny Bean or the Bean family then uh, came to start salting and pickling their collected human flesh using the nearby seawater. Their fate was settled when, on uh, one day, they attacked a married couple. The man was able to fight off his attackers, but the Bean family had already killed his wife. Then another load of travellers came over the hill and witnessed the scene. The Bean family scattered back to their cave and took the survivor to the uh, to the authorities. So the, the other travellers found the man, took him to the authorities, reported them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then this... So the only thing that really dates the story is apparently King James VI um, uh, of Scotland, and who then became King James I of England as well. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, he found out about it, and he himself apparently led the search party in the area to go and find the Bean family's cave. And well, when... they're only like round the corner from him, basically, like where the castle is. It's not far away. When I say around the corner, it's obviously like a few miles away, but mm. like they they're relatively close to the castle, right? Um, well, I think King James the Sixth was more based in Stirling. This is like way off in the west coast. Oh. Okay, um, I mean, that's why you go to the Scottish History Podcast. Yeah, Rory, I was going to say, I mean, seriously, taking on the wrong person here. I've not, oh, I've not on. really... Sterling, Sterling's basically a suburb of Edinburgh to all our American listeners, right? <laughs> it's closer to Glasgow, mate. <laughs> also, also a suburb of Glasgow. You know, let's not be picky. <laughs> to be honest, the central belt is basically Glasgow. Glasgow ends and then it becomes Edinburgh, so... Yeah. Exactly. That's the way I look at it. I mean, what's the point in between, right? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I think that's exactly what we're saying. Unsubscribe. <laughs> so he did he catch them? Uh, so yeah, they, catch so the beans? They, they basically ended up finding the cave. And inside the cave, they found parts of bodies and barrels filled with pickling flesh and mountains of the stolen jewelry that they'd stolen from the travelers over the years. Spend it. Spend it on yeah, actual what, food. What Spend life. it on some beans. All that money and you're still living in a cave. Ah, but, yeah. you, you know, there's, like, if there's food just walking past your house, you know, you're not going to... I feel like at that point it's just become kind of counterculture. Like, they're just, they're into it and they, they, they can't get yeah. out of it now. Like, it's just part of, like, their their shtick. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they were happy. I don't think they were happy, you know. <laughs> no, neither do I. I think, I think they were think searching like, for something. Yeah, I think they probably had a you know, some sort of trouble in their childhood, and they just never got over it. Probably a bad relationship with their father or mother, you know, hugged too much or too little. Tragic well, from, anything. Yeah. from the sort of little information about like the like, especially Sonny Bean was that he was quite a sort of a tormented sort of young man. I mean, most serial killers all tend to be kind of you know tormented in some way and do some weird stuff when they're kids and that so they were all arrested and then taken to the Tollbooth jail in Edinburgh Um, in the following days it was decided that no trial should be held so they didn't even stand trial for any of their crimes Mm. instead they were seen as being unhuman and they jumped (laughs) straight to execution Wow! absolutely no question about it was that when they all became (laughs) has-beens I wonder uh, if they became beans on toast. (laughs) That's very good. Jesus. Um, (laughs) So I like uh, the gory sort of details in stories like this. I mean, if anyone's sort of like listened to my like William Wallace stories and stuff like that. um, Yeah, I I go full on. uh, So basically the the men's um, form of execution was they all had their genitals, hands and feet cut off. 
which was then Oof. burned on a fire, and the bodies were basically just left there to bleed to death. Um, after which, the women were then burned at the stake. Ah, oh. uh, lovely stuff. Man, they and really went to town by then, didn't they? I mean, oh, well, yeah. this was similar, right? Yeah, it's mental. And that was, so like the, as far as I know, that was the sort of thing for treason. So like back in the day for treason, you'd be hung, drawn and quartered. Whereas obviously with these guys, I they wanted them to suffer as much as possible. Um, and also it's easier to cut things off than it is to go through the whole hanging and, you know. Sure. Um, so especially <laughs> if you think, what was it, 18 grandsons, eight sons and Sonny to kind of execute in one day. And then with all of the other kids as well and the wife to execute. I think that would have taken quite a long time. So, um, so messy. It's brutal. Like. Um, and apparently Sonny's last words before before he died was, it's not over. It will never be over. Which is just creepy as haunting yeah yeah um i uh i actually know well i know a wee bit about sonny bean because he and his family are um what's the word i'm looking for like um, relatives (laughs) (laughs) yes but they're represented in the edinburgh dungeons Mm -hmm. so if you were to go to edinburgh you go to the dungeons you hear a wee bit about uh, sonny bean and i was there a long time ago now, I want to say like eight, nine years ago, um, and it was there for my nephew's birthday, and he would have been maybe seven years old at the time, and we went to Edinburgh Dungeons, it was um, me, a friend, my nephew, my mum, and my my sister, his, his mum, uh, and we went through, and it was all genuinely fine until we got to the Sonny Bean part. And there's a part where you're kind of standing in the room and you're telling the story, and they jump out like there's people playing Sonny Bean and his family kind of jump out of like fake caves, obviously in the dungeons above you, and start like screaming and yelling. And my nephew <laughs> crapped himself. <laughs> like, was just terrified. He should never have been in there. He was way too young, but he had to be like taken out by his oh, grandma. No. And like, like and it was just like it was his birthday. It was like, oh like I just remember looking at my sister being like, You're a terrible De- mother. Definitely like, memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has he was back there, I think, last year and went to the Edinburgh Dungeons, and I think it was like almost like a, a coming of age thing of like I can right. do this now I can face I can down do this. these I feel, yeah. ghouls <laughs> I, I vaguely remember going uh, through the uh, London dungeon or may- maybe it was Madame Tussauds and they had um, like the hall of hall of uh, horrors or something like that and it was people like Hitler and Napoleon in the uh, the prison um, like the jail area and my sister just burst into tears and we just like <laughs> my dad had to sort of scoop her up bodyguard style and just run through like to get her out and like oh, man. Why, why is she crying it's just hitler you know <laughs> she hates napoleon she's always she's always hated napoleon always. can't watch bill yeah. and ted can't watch it it's because she fears small people yeah oh and that was excellent uh, there, there was... are there are just a couple more little points that I wanted to kind of... Th- oh, one, sure. one of them is very slightly historic as well about how perhaps the story came about because obviously, you know, is the story real or is it just folklore or not? So the term Sonny is apparently the precursor to jock. So you know how we get called jocks mainly by the English. Yeah. Um, by English people, I should say. The English makes it seem bad uh but yeah so apparently sonny is the precursor to that um so much like paddy is to irish people uh so a bit of a derogatory term in a way i'd never heard of that before so i thought that's why i'd throw that out there uh the story could have been made up by english storytellers during the time of the jacobites to show the scots as being evil people because the first sort of time that the story started to properly evolve was in about 1775 which is just a few years after the jacobite uh, rebellions i can totally see that uh oh i mean it you know propaganda is, is what it is yeah uh the second point and the last point is if anyone has anyone seen uh, the hills have eyes the, film, yeah, the west yeah. craven film the hills have eyes is based on the story of sonny bean 
Wes Craven. Ah, Wes Craven got the never, idea from the story of uh, Sonny Bean. Yeah, I never put two and two together, but that makes a lot of sense. I would know. I don't, I don't watch horror films, so I, you know, I'm 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 the type of person that still finds like you know the the real Ghostbusters cartoon scary. You know, <laughs> there's some scary moments in that. To be fair, that's very very interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if it is propaganda. I think it's quite likely. Um, I think that there was there was a couple of uh, articles that I was reading, and one was one was basically saying it was definitely propaganda, as as you know all articles tend to say. So there's one that was like, "This is definitely anti-Scottish propaganda from the English," and then there was another one that was like, "No, that's utter bullshit." You know, the, the story is the story. The story came from yeah. Scotland and all that. So. If we're going on the basis that Scotland invents everything, then Scotland invented the story of Sonny Bean. So. I don't know if we want to claim this one, but okay, sure. I don't know. We've claimed some pretty weird stories in our time. so. I mean, we just discovered that we, have, we did invent The Hills Have Eyes and <laughs> Wes Craven's career. So and and uh, by that extension, horror movies probably. Yeah, right? yeah. probably. Yeah. 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 Checks out. Okay, so uh, last and probably least, Chris, what have you got spooky wise? Yeah, well, you know, I'm already very scared. So I want to give uh, hat tip to you three for uh, presenting your stories in three unique but lovely ways. Um, mine, it, if it feels like mine has been pulled together at the last minute, then <laughs> that's 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 the effect I was going for. And if it feels like it's just me reading a bunch of newspaper clippings. That was also the effect that I was going for. Stylistic <laughs> choice, I like it. Thanks. For yeah, that. well, you know, I'm a journalist, so yeah. that's why I'm doing this. It's stuff that feels sort of slightly factually inaccurate, but also, <laughs> you know, you, you also think like, you, you know, he might be right. He might be on something. I think yeah. this is this is exactly how Stephen King writes his novels. So I, I really love a story that starts with a disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I just want to set your expectations right. No, th- to be fair, this one's actually quite a famous one, from what I can tell. Um, have you guys heard of Casper? <laughs> just <laughs> have you guys heard when there's something strange in the neighborhoods? <laughs> uh, no. Well, okay. First off, we all know Greyfriars uh, Church, Greyfriars Kirk, yeah. And what, yeah. what do we think of when we think of that? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah. Okay. So this is the story about how that dog got massacred. No, oh, why do you do this? It's not, it's not, it's not please, not. please don't listen to this story after just watching like the 1950s film Greyfriars Bobby. <laughs> a lovely, lovely film. This is and my favorite thing story. about this whole story that they've got that it's associated with this loyal dog, and then it's got this horrific poltergeist that I guess lives at the other end of the, the kirk. So, <laughs> this is about the um. Uh, the Greyfriars Kirk uh, or Poltergeist or the Mackenzie Poltergeist Um, which just to give you a bit of background so in 17th century Scotland uh, and there was a very intense religious struggle uh, that was ignited when King Charles introduced the common book of prayer and declared that all opposition to the book was an act of treason so the person that he basically put in charge of this was a lawyer called George Mackenzie who and he was you know basically responsible for putting the opposition down and i you know if you remember the stories about the the the, the common book of prayer do you, are you just talking about the bible what are you talking about you know that's a great question rory and you really put me in the spot there when it comes to <sighs> my uh i shouldn't have asked a question i'm sorry no i believe the common bible is um the king james bible isn't it so i don't know what yeah. the difference is between the common book of prayer and that but um it's probably okay. a slight am- Owen. Perhaps you know. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the common book of prayer is is prayers is not the same as the like the Bible. It's the actual like prayers that people use. I think. Okay, so if you can't think of your own, I'm sure you're right there that it's it's about prayers rather than the Bible. Um, so I guess it's a little bit like um, the uh, McCarthy in when it came to the uh, communism in the US in the 1950s. Um, he was basically kind of given the rule of 
you know, chasing after people who didn't believe in this. So he quickly earned a reputation as one of the most vicious persecutors of the so-called Covenanters, who are the people that rose up and signed um, this thing called the National Covenant in 1638. Uh, so Mackenzie was just known for being an absolute bastard, and his uh, nickname was Bloody Mackenzie. Uh, and he imprisoned multiple thousands of Covenanters in a section of the Greyfriars Kirkyard in Edinburgh, and he delighted in torturing yeah. them. Uh, the guards were allowed to beat the co- beat the shit out of the Covenanters, or and eventually uh, their heads would decorate the spiked gate. What a so, dick. Yeah, he's 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 got anger issues. Um, now, if you're someone that kind of believes in the occult and the afterlife, this was a bad decision. Now, after his death, Mackenzie was entombed in a mausoleum in the Greyfriars Kirkyard which is the exact same graveyard <laughs> where he prosecuted those who resisted the law. So his so imagine you know <laughs> imprisoning everyone <laughs> and then just building a mansion beside the prison. That's kind of what happened. So but you know nothing happens for hundreds of years. And then this is the thing I like about this story that it's a relatively new ghost story. In 1999 a homeless man huh. Uh, tries to seek shelter in this mausoleum. And I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of it, but it's 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 a black mausoleum. It's got locks on it. it looks like a difficult thing to break into. Uh, it looks very... It looks, you know, it's out of central casting for haunted mausoleums. Yeah, super you know? gothic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so homeless man breaks into it. God knows what he's doing in there, but he falls through the floor. Uh, and the kind of folklore is that that then kind of sets something off um, or escapes the spirit or whatever. And right. then more recently in 2004, a couple of teenagers broke into the tomb and apparently removed a number of unidentified remains, even beheading a corpse and using the, the skull like a hand puppet. This, this all checks out so far. <laughs> I think yeah, if I remember right. correctly, the skull was actually um, Bloody Mackenzie's skull. If I rem- if I remember reading that correctly, I think that was the case. Well, it went to court, and you've probably have read it, and it, I think they got done on a thing about you know desecrating a corpse or whatever. But basically, if you're kind of reading between the lines, that means that Bloody Mackenzie's spirit has been awoken, and he's really, really not happy with any of this. <laughs> so, I think this all kind of kicks off in 1999. The 2004 thing is sort of an incidental. This happens later. But over the years since then, there's been hundreds of reports of attacks by what is now known as the Mackenzie poltergeist. So I was reading an article earlier today um, that was dated in like June of this year. You know what? Edinburgh does a whole bunch of um, ghost tours. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a manager that said that people email me to let us know what happened to them in the tours. Some say they've got scratches, bite marks, bruises and burns that they can't explain. One guest on a tour around the graveyard claims that he was attacked. Another one said that he needed to treat painful scratches, which he insists must have been inflicted by this ghost. You sure it wasn't like an army of uh, school children chasing down a vampire, by any chance? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it it could just be... I was trying to think of like a reasonable explanation for this and... You know, maybe the homeless guy falling through the floor sets off some kind of weird gas leak or something like that. I don't know, but the the quotes in it are quite vivid. And this guy says, My back was covered in livid, burning red scratches. When I took pictures and sent them to my friends, they were freaked out. It was demonic. What happened to me can't be explained in any other way. Um, Another guy says that he went on a ghost tour there and he was the only one that went because all of his friends were too scared. And he says, I went on my own because all my friends were too scared to go with me and it was spooky. He didn't notice anything untoward until he got a taxi back to his hotel. And he said, I was about to go to bed when I felt burning on my back. I took my t-shirt off and looked in the mirror. That's when I saw the scratches. I was stunned. The scratches were burning. I put tea tree oil on my back to try to take the pain away. By morning, scratches had turned into welts and the skin was broken in several places and my bl- my back was bleeding. And it is... Um, Sounds horrifying. Yeah, it, it, and it gets stranger. So, in November 1999, 
uh, Colin Grant, who's a minister of a church, um, uh, this was kind of after, you know, the homeless guy had fallen through and this is kind of becoming a thing. Um, he stood in the kirkyard and he performed an exorcism. He said he, and he stood in front of the local press with a candle and a cross to ward off evil spirits, holding a Bible in his right hand. And he claimed he'd finally cast out the spirits that had been trapped in the graveyard for centuries. But as the ritual drew to a close, a dark shape was witnessed gliding across a window in the church, even though it was locked and there was nobody else inside. Spooky. And then the exorcism apparently didn't work. And on January 26th, not long after he expressed fears that his work would kill him, the reverend died from a heart attack while speaking to the spirit world during a seance. Wow. I mean, that sounds... I I don't want to victim blame here, but that's... I mean, a bit of that's on him. (laughs) I think he's... You're going to prod the hornet's nest. (laughs) He's prodded. He's prodded. He's really prodded. I'm just... I don't know. Like, having a a seance... Surrounded by these like spooky ghosts and poltergeists, it just seems like a mistake to me. Oh, I agree. I agree, especially if because you're known as the guy that got rid of the poltergeist. And but like, I I didn't know about this, and I I know the Edinburgh ghost tours are famous, but I didn't know that it was um, a thing that you go to this kirkyard and you leave and you're covered in bruises. I I I think you're right. it's in, it's very very interesting the fact that this started in like 1999 that this is for all intents and purposes a modern ghost story like that's rare these days i just i like the idea in my head that it's actually the ghost of greyfriars bobby and he just keeps jumping up on you and scratching you it would explain the bite marks as well yeah. <laughs> he's just a poor boy he's such a good boy he's such a good dog such no, you just need to throw a ghost ball for him, and he'll be happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really got into. Uh, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole looking at that stuff today. Um, after kind of a panic of, oh shit, what am I going to talk about? Talk about here, and um, pretty cool, pretty cool ghost yeah. story. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I, I like, I, I've been there, but I didn't. I had no idea that they had a poltergeist. I only know Greyfriars Bobby. That's the the only story I know. But that's cool. Yeah, I think they're all good ghost stories. Super spooky. Well, I mean, this was. I'm. I. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. I don't know about you boys. <laughs> I have nightmares every night. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you get for only paying attention to Scottish history. It's all horrifying stuff. So yeah, I've always said, um, regardless, whenever I talk about history. Well, specifically Scottish history is there is no happy ending. Like no. regard, regardless of what story you tell from Scottish history, there is no happy ending whatsoever. Mm. Either it <laughs> ends in death or horrific death or even more death. And if you're lucky, you turn into a spooky ghost who haunts a graveyard and scratches people in the back, yeah. or you get hunted down by Ouija teenagers, <laughs> tiny yeah. children. <laughs> I do I do remember listening I think I heard um like another podcast talking about that um particular story and t- that was freaking me out that like I genuinely think that that could be a plausible like if there was any of the stories which I've heard I would say that's probably the most plausible one of them all the uh, Greyfriars. Uh, yeah, yeah, the the um, bloody Mackenzie Covenanters prison. Not the women with the uh, really <laughs> pendulum. I, I, no, I, be- I believe breasts. I believe there is a there are many women out there with pendulum breasts, but you know, I think uh, there was a lot more to that story. <laughs> you boys are just focusing on one small aspect of that. <laughs> Two long aspects. Yes, it was a long <laughs> aspect, but there's <laughs> a lot more to that story. And if you want to hear it, go to the Scottish History Podcast and download the first half of this episode. They've already gone. We told them. They've been there. They've deleted well, this. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. done. It's done. <laughs> this doesn't Thanks, re- exist. Thanks readers. Mm. Thank you to our loyal readers. <laughs>
so I've got I've, I've got a quick wee question for you as well. Do you, do you sure. guys have any like specific Halloween traditions that you carry out? Is there like because you know like in the lead up to Christmas, everyone's got their own little traditions. Uh, see, I really love movies and stuff like that. And I never really get to talk about it much on my own podcast. I usually mention a movie and then that's it. But it's unusual for me to actually get the, the chance to speak to people. Have you got any like Halloween traditions, any specific movies or anything like that that you like to set yourself in the mood for? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big horror movie fan. So I'll this is my excuse to watch as many as possible. There's no real like annual one that i have to watch to get me in the mood but it's just like whatever's new whatever's interesting and then i'll dip back into something that i've maybe not watched in a wee while like um johnny and i spoke about scottish uh, films on our last episode and i was talking about wicker man and dog soldiers which are both scottish based um or or like horror movies based in scotland i should say Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's what i like to do what about you boys yeah, it's a good question. I, I'm not sure I have any traditions for Halloween, really. I mean, I definitely was, we did a lot of it when I was very young. And then it's interesting coming to America because it's so huge here, actually, Halloween. Like, you just see everyone getting dressed up. And and actually, you kind of, I found the intro, we were sort of saying it before we started recording, but there's this sort of recalibration of your mind because Thanksgiving is this enormous thing in the States. And, like, we didn't really celebrate that in the UK or in Scotland growing up. And and actually, I think this run from kind of now to the end of the year, I think, is really lovely here where you kind of hit Halloween, there's the sort of run into Thanksgiving, people are kind of get warmed up, and then it's the end of the year and Christmas and everything else. And I mean, for me, like the traditions wise, I, I end up going home and watching stupid things like The Thick of It once I'm back in the UK because it's on UK Netflix. And, and for American listeners, I think the closest thing is sort of Veep, I guess, Veep, where it's yeah. a kind of like comedic take on on politics but I, I don't know about movies actually what were you chris uh well the nice thing about the place that i live in uh hoboken new jersey is that they take halloween really seriously around here so it's nice to um go around the streets and kind of see the outdoor displays of like they really go all out and you know mm-hmm. they have enormous spiders and um skeletons and uh all sorts skeletons. of skeletons Skeletons, they've got tons of skeletons. <laughs> it's really scary. <laughs> and yeah, but and then I don't know. I'm not like Rory. I, I, I've never really been massively into horror films, but I, I will I watch a good, you know, like we watched The Addams Family the other night. Like we watched the cartoon version of The Addams Family just to give it a go. That just mm-hmm. came out recently. By the way, it's not, it's nowhere near as good as the real Addams Family. Yeah, you know, my, my wife is a very festive person and gets into Halloween, but then it, like, starts accelerating and is very into Thanksgiving and very into Christmas. So it all becomes mm-hmm. about, like, the movies that you tick off every year. And, like I say, yeah, uh, just, you know, dressing up the dog and the kid in uh, <laughs> costumes. I do think the, de- the decorations here, like, the stuff on houses and gardens and everything yeah. is amazing. Like, I was up uh, the East Coast last week, um, up towards Cape Cod, and I saw this one that was in someone's garden. They basically said it was as if like a someone had parachuted out of a plane and landed in the tree. So it was just like the parachute <laughs> in the tree, and so like this sort of like body hanging underneath it. it was like oh, yeah, this I is saw really... one of those the other day. Actually, it's yeah. hilarious. Are yeah. Are you sure that wasn't a terrible accident, Johnny? And you just drove past it. I mean, I haven't seen anything in the news <laughs> so far, so I think I'm good. Okay. So there's there's a guy just sort of hanging up in a tree going, help me, help me, please. One, one car has gone past in the last week. <laughs> oh, what about great. you? I'll take a photo. You got oh, any traditions? Um, no, no, Halloween's not really something <laughs> that, you know, like, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a very, I think it's mentioned earlier, I'm a, I'm a big softy and, you know, like, I am a huge Ghostbusters fan though. Like, like, there's sure. there's three yeah. there's three films that I could uh, actually no we'll go four there's four films that I could watch every day for the rest of my life never ever ever get sick of them um, Ghostbusters Back to the Future Die Hard and Monty Python and the Holy Grail if I only ever had those four films to watch for the rest of my life I'd be happy um, so on like Facebook I'm like sure. I'm on a couple of these uh, Ghostbusters groups 
a lot of the guys on them are obviously from America and Canada and stuff like that. And seeing some of these like Ghostbuster displays is amazing. I think though, like especially in the UK this year, Halloween's gonna be pushed further than I think it's ever been pushed before because obviously with the lockdown, COVID and all of that, people have got more time in order to do things. Like even yeah. last night, um so for obviously those in your podcast don't really know me. I'm you know, I'm basically just a history guy. I don't I'm you know I'm just a normal guy, but I just read loads of books about Scottish history and I love history in general. Uh but my actual job, I'm a milkman. I, I work night shift delivering milk. And uh so last night I'm running around I'm doing a milk run I'd never done before, so I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm having a really bloody stressful time of it. And I'm wandering up this garden and I've got this I've got the torch in my mouth because I'm carrying like so many glass bottles of milk at the same time. And then like I just catch this thing at the side of my eye and move the torch around in my mouth and there's just this skeleton coming out the ground. <laughs> and I'm like Oh no, I forgot that Halloween's gonna be big this year. So I think I think in the UK Halloween's I think gonna be a lot bigger yeah. than it, than it has been for a number of years because you know even during the summer the amount of um you know home improvements that people were doing I've just got this feeling that Halloween's gonna be massive here this year um and I'm totally jealous right. I think you're probably right I think it's probably like people can't go out to like you know a Halloween party or a mm. Halloween event or like in in your case that you were telling us earlier about your Halloween gig so they're just going to bring it more to home yeah so they're going to decorate their houses which is not quite the tradition as much at home in Scotland as it mm. is here in the US so yeah I think you're probably right you're probably going to see more decorations and more people kind of making a bit of an effort there which is yeah, I think even, be fun even over the last few years even just the decorations at Christmas have got even more yeah. extravagant and wild than they ever uh, yeah. have been before mm. as well so yeah. yeah Owen seeing as you're the guest on our show do you want to do our ending I, I would be honoured Owen Take it away. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Hope to do it again soon. This will do, lads. This will do nicely. Nice. Cracking. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a couple more things. Please don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all other podcasting apps. You can email us at thisldonicelypod at gmail.com. Visit the website thisldonicelypod.com. Visit us on Twitter at thisldopod. All original music in this podcast is written and performed by our very own Johnny Naismith. Please like and subscribe to his YouTube channel and follow him on Instagram at jaw underscore k-n-e-e underscore loves hugs and kisses from the thisldonicelypod. Thank you so much for listening to this one. If you want to follow the Scottish History Podcast, you can do so at facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod, on Twitter at Scott History Pod, and on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod. You can find a link to all of these and all of the new episodes on www.scotthistorypod.com. Thank you very much. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 